following program is being brought to you on the seventh wave network for more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit seventhwavenetwork.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Have you ever walked into a room and just sensed something had just happened there? Do you know of a child that perhaps is very able to sense a lot of emotions or experiences that are going on in different places? Some children can walk into a room and feel the vibe instantly in their body. Others may tune into an unspoken family conflict or tell someone to be careful before stumbling into an unknown situation. These are all qualities of an intuitive or empathic child. And I have with me today Catherine Crawford, author of The Highly Intuitive Child. She is a registered art therapist and a marriage and family therapist. And this book holds just a vast amount of information for individuals and parents that are dealing with intuitive and empathic children or individuals just dealing with how to raise children in general. Catherine, welcome to 1111 Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me today, Simran. The one thing that really got to me about this book is there is so much in here. It is such a rich guide for parents in general Mm -hmm. to understand the nature of children. Oh, thank you for sharing that. You know, I think that when we are considering some of our most sensitive kids, they're sort of like the canaries in the coal mine. And when we're practicing really clear communication with these children, we're, we're practicing clear communication with all children. So I, I just heartily believe in the need to bring our best selves. You know, we are, none of us are perfect. Um, but bringing our best selves forward from our hearts, considering what our children's experiences are and meeting them with respect is something that is valuable for all children. Most definitely. And I find that so many children now uh, are coming in with very powerful gifts. I know that we all come in with those gifts. But it seems like many children are tapping into them a little more or are more sensitive. Is is that something that's changing in our world, or are we just more aware? Well, that's that's the big question, Simran. And I, you know, there's so many different opinions about that, and I I can't give you the 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 golden answer on that. But what I can say is that, boy, I am sure seeing a lot of these kids. I know so many of us are seeing these abilities. And what I find to be so exciting is that we're having more conversations about how to really support these gifts in kids. And that isn't something that we were in conversation about 30 years ago or 40 years ago. And that's, I think, I mean, some parents were certainly aware of that, and intuition is is nothing new. But when we can really be 
open as a society or be in more in conversation about this, then kids are going to pick up on that, first of all, because they are perceptive and they'll know that this isn't something strange that they have to submerge in their personality and be silent about. They'll know that this is healthy and they can keep it alive. So I think that's very exciting. It, it is exciting, and I often wonder if these children are also coming in to allow us to tap into our own gifts. I know in one part of the book, towards the end, you talk about how they are our mirror, mm-hmm. and that so often we as adults have squelched gifts or not tapped into them or have forgotten that we have them. Mm-hmm. So is that much of their purpose as well? Well, it, it, it sure is part of, of the magic that happens in families and also the frustration, I must add, too, for parents who, you know, once were those highly intuitive kids and, and had to restrict that part of themselves. And then when they have their own child or a niece or nephew or maybe it's a student or it's a client who has these abilities shining at them and maybe they're even having difficulties with them because it's, sometimes hard to be in a world um, with so much pain and suffering and have these wide-open abilities. It, it forces adults or it, 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 it invites adults into an experience of rediscovering those, those, hidden, those hidden places and getting, getting straight with them. Because otherwise, we might unconsciously restrict those things in a child or, um, you know, not be able to be fully present to them. Because if we can't be fully present to it in ourselves, it's hard to bring the fullness of who we are to a really intuitive kid. So I think that, you know, to circle back to your question, I think that that is, there is a beautiful purpose inherent in that, which is sort of this, you know, this two-way street of offering the support to the child and the child inviting us into a larger reality. It it creates almost a synergy where we are forced to even become our more authentic selves. And you have an area in the book where you have an overview of 10 important life skills for intuitive children. And I don't want to go through each one because I really want people to go out and buy this book. There's Mm -hmm. so much in this book. But I found that this is not just for children. There are a lot of adults out there that need to look at some of these life <laughs> skills. You know, this is, it's wonderful for the intuitive children. It's probably even better just for, for all children, but best for adults to go back and look at and reassess where are the places in my own life that I need to go back and do some of these things. Oh, absolutely. And here I am. I'm the author of this. And I, you know, I'll have my off days where I'm getting stuck in my faulty intuitive leap. And I think, okay, yeah, point number nine, check your facts. Check your, check your facts. Make sure you're not having a faulty intuitive leap here. I, I come back to this for the grounding of, of, you know, the world can pull us off center. And how do we take really good care of ourselves as intuitives? So many of us didn't grow up with the support of how to really um, honor these abilities and and take care of yourself, and that's that's in large part what this book is about. So that people don't feel as overwhelmed with having these heightened abilities of of intuition and and amazing empathy. That you can keep it alive, and it will. It's much more likely to stay intact if you're taking really good care of yourself and letting go of the things that you're picking up on. Exactly, because these abilities don't have to become a codependent nature. They can really 
be part of the authentic self once we learn how to create the boundaries for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And thank you for bringing up that codependency part because sometimes for adults who are really good at being able to tune into other people's needs, it, it can start to look like the, like codependency where it's living for other people and taking care of other people and all of that. And they're, they're really quite different, and I talk about that in the book because I don't want people to pathologize these abilities in themselves, but to know that they can have really great boundaries even though they are wired for this this extraordinary ability to be able to spot what other people need. Most definitely. Of those ten important life skills for intuitive children, pick out a couple of others that you feel are really strong points. They're all important, but a couple of others that you feel are very, very strong. Well, you know, one that I've been talking a lot about kids and stress lately, and um you know, it, it, as kids are feeling more of the impact of um, the financial meltdown, I'm seeing a lot of intuitive children feeling for the pain of not only within their own family, but it might be friends at school or their town or the whole nation or, you know, just even going global with the extent of their empathy. So one of the skills that I teach is being able to regulate the intuitive antenna. Um, when a child has an antenna that has that kind of far reach, um, that's an amazing gift. However, if they don't know how to turn it off, it can quickly become burdensome. So finding ways, and I talk about this you know, through art or through uh, visualization and a variety of different ways to be able to help the child bring their awareness back into themselves so that they're not so far out there where they can be naturally picking up information. They don't say, I think I'd like to extend my intuitive antenna today. It's just natural. It just happens. The part that they do often need help with is being able to pull it back in when they get hooked out there, when their empathy is too far out and they can't let go of the stress that's going on outside of them. So that's that, one of them. And that art uh, portion of it, that, that part that is really very, very important, how does that assist the child? Is it, it, it's approaching them at many different levels. It's helping them to integrate in many different ways. As they're bringing in that intuitive antenna? Yes. It is. Yes, yes. And so they're, they're coming back to their own experience. Maybe it's coming back to their own body, coming back to their own sense of, gee, what do I need? What do I want? Um, you know, can, can you... Um, embody your own happiness and, and enjoy yourself when you're able to tune into the pain of others or the world. And um, so kids need to know that they can, that they can let that go and they can come back to just really taking good care of themselves and enjoying their life too. It may seem so elementary, but for a very sensitive child, sometimes that can be a little difficult and they might not even know that that's happening. So really keeping your eye on how that child's self-esteem is developing and making sure that they know that um, that they can say no, uh, that they can have these healthy boundaries is, is quite essential. Well, and it seems as if that art therapy actually helps them with the presence process or helps to keep them in the now rather than what may be outside of them. So as, as much as it may seem as an elementary process, it's, it's what so many people are writing about now that, that we as adults are trying to get more towards. 
I know, exactly, getting into the present. And art is such a fabulous way, and this is something that parents can do right now. You don't need to find an art therapist if you're just trying to encourage your child to to express themselves and be more present. You can pull out those oil pastels and crayons and colored pencils and paints or some... Two to three dollar modeling clay and encourage your child to just have fun with it. Express, let them express themselves. Kids need this practice. Our school systems often don't have time, as much time as kids really need for being creative. And it's, that's such a shame because when we are creative, we just naturally can get into the present. And through having fun, you're releasing stress. Uh, you know, you're, you're working off both sides of your brain. There are so many fabulous benefits to it. So making time for this um, space to create is very important. And I'd also encourage people to, you know, it might not be using art, but, but there's so many different ways to be creative. So making that a priority, especially if you have a child who picks up on a lot of um, input from, or, you know, Outside of themselves, this is a great way to get it out of their system. It's very important. So it doesn't um, uh, come out in loud bursts of, of emotion later. It's going to have to come out some way. Exactly. This is a really that, creativity, way. <laughs> that creativity has to express itself, and it can either express itself in a, a manner that feels more positive or it can express itself in a manner that many would term as more negative. Yes. Um, and it's, in a sense, channeling that energy. One other point that I really love uh, the wording of was the daily energy hygiene skills. Mm-hmm. Because when people think about about hygiene, that's something, a practice that most people delve right into, but you don't necessarily consider your energy hygiene. Yes, exactly. And I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about that um, as we as we return, and we can speak a little more about some of the other skills, distinguishing the energy from that of others, handling faulty intuitive conclusions, checking facts. I'm here with Katherine Crawford, registered art therapist, marriage and family therapist. She is at Life Passage, the Center for Life Passage, which is lifepassage.com, and we are speaking to her about her book, The Highly Intuitive Child. Join us back in just a few minutes, and let's learn a little bit more about intuition, children, and ourselves. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. 
As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Growing up in a culture that favors the rational and the five senses can be very difficult for gifted children. I'm here with Katherine Crawford, the author of The Highly Intuitive Child, a book that helps for individuals and parents to understand a little bit better how to support these wonderfully intuitive and empathic children that we are now becoming aware of. You can find Katherine Crawford at the Center for Life Passage, lifepassage.com, and she will be having a book signing and presentation at East West Bookstore on June 30th at 7.30 in Mountain View, California. Catherine, some of the other life skills are very important, and uh, we started talking about the energy hygiene skill. Yes. I'd like to go a little into that before we move to the next topic because I just think that the wording on that is really important. I think it is, too, and it's something that I, I'll be honest, I, I learned it because I had to learn it. Um, I realized as an empath, I was picking up on so many other people's feelings, and if I didn't have a, a daily practice to be able to let go of that and be able to read all the nuance of what I was picking up on during the day, that the stress would load up, and it could make my body very tired. So I want to be able to help kids prevent that. And, of course, with a small child, you don't say, it's time for your daily energy hygiene. <laughs> Although, you know, I think it's, it's a fun marker for, for us as adults to think of th- that in those terms. You know, you get rid of the germs, you get rid of the energy you've picked up on during the day. So for kids, what that might look like is putting on some fun music and dancing so they're they're breathing, they're, you know, they're exhaling, they're letting go of what they might have picked up on during the day. We spoke before the break about the the importance of something like art where they can move those emotions that they might have picked up on in their body, move them out of their arm and down through their hands. They're just naturally doing that. They think they're just having fun and being creative. But we can know, it's almost like they're getting their extra vitamins and minerals and their their daily allowance here by getting rid of of this extra emotion. It's helping them to stay healthy by being able to release that. 
for some kids, maybe it's water. If they've been, if they've grown very upset, this is for, great for kids who are um, not necessarily highly intuitive either. But you know, getting them in the tub or you know, finding some way that maybe that they connect with nature and water. Maybe it's a creek or running in the sprinklers this summer where they can just have a little more space to let go of the day. And this might be especially important for kids who are in classroom settings where there's a lot of commotion and conflict happening um, or there's, you know, things are not being cleared um, in communications between kids or even um, amongst the adults in the classroom, those kids, if they're picking up on that during the day, they're going to need to be able to let go of that when they get home. Well, that's why I thought it was such an important concept because we sometimes it becomes so body-oriented or we, we're, we're just used to what we can physically see that we don't necessarily remember that there are parts of us, there's energetic parts of us that mm-hmm. also need to release, and we can use that body to do it in that way, mm-hmm. but we have to remember that we can get clogged in different areas as well that we can't see. Absolutely. And, you know, this this may be really perplexing um, for parents who are not especially intuitive, but they have a highly intuitive child or they have an empathic child. It may be difficult to really get into your kid's experience and understand the importance of something like this. And part of the reason for that is that... Um, People who are more sensate and who aren't absorbing as much from other people may just naturally have more Teflon to these kinds of things. But if you do have a sensitive child or you know of one, um, or maybe it's your niece or nephew or, you know, a child in the community, um, sharing that with the parent, you know, or getting them a copy of the book, you know, that outlines these things might do that child a world of good so that they they can be honored for those invisible things that not everybody picks up on. Absolutely. In writing this book, what really birthed it? Was it you going through your own process? Was it uh, you remembering being intuitive as a child? Was it you having your own children and seeing them as intuitives? How did this actually come about? Well, it's all of the above, Simran. Um, you know, I and actually I was at a workshop with Judith Orloff um, a number of years back, and I was in the room of 400 people, and I can't tell you how many questions there were of people asking about their intuitive kids. And I thought, wow, this is this is big. There are a lot of people out there looking for support for how to really support their their kids, and these things aren't found in your average parenting book. So when I was in the book signing line with with Judith, I said, Judith, would you consider writing a book on supporting intuitive children? And she looked at me and she said, nope, that's your book. And it was just one of those moments that I just felt the destiny kick right through me and kind of stumbled back away from the book signing table and said, okay, I'll write it. And when I reflected on that, I realized It was one of those things like, how did I not see that? I have worked with intuitives for years. I don't know how they found me, but they're intuitive, so of course they find me for for psychotherapy. So I've been doing this work for years of helping people reclaim the power of their intuition and um, getting rid of those old messages of that's too much or you're going to frighten people if you talk about those things or you know, all these ways of picking up on societal um, 
uh, pressures not to not to give voice to intuition, and all of that conspires to disconnect people from their ability to really trust their inner truth. It's just so vital to keep our intuition intact and alive as an inner compass. So I just felt so inspired to want to help support parents in keeping this alive in their kids so they don't end up in therapy later or, or just disconnected from, from that amazing power that they have inside of themselves. And in do the process... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Do you find that um, when a family has a more intuitive child, is there a level of fear that that comes across perhaps to the parents or the siblings because they don't understand or cannot relate? Oh, I've heard this from so many adults uh, that they've had experiences like that. And, you know, keeping in mind that if you're really intuitive, you're probably pretty perceptive about what a, how other people are, are, are experiencing you too. So a few, just, it just takes a few of those to realize, hmm, I better put a, you know, a lid on that. Or there can be the, the um, perception of, oh, I'm the black sheep or I'm the odd guy out or nobody really gets me. They can feel really unseen. Um, so, so yeah, it, it can be pretty hard on a kid. It can really um, create a lot of stress. And then what happens is th- that for survival many times, it's sort of like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to learn how to, to do it their way and um, not really heed the intuitive and just go full throttle into the rational. And that, unfortunately, can create a lot of stress at, at deeper levels in the psyche. Well, and that's, that's when, when a, a person kind of loses themselves and it ends up at some point later they, they may end up have to, having to go through a lot more just to find themselves all over again and just reintegrate that part. Absolutely. It can turn into people-pleasing behaviors because, I mean, really that's like an ultimate people-pleasing behavior. I'm going to shut down this core side of myself and and just go along and be in the five sensory rational like everybody else. I'm not saying that intuitives, you know, aren't working off those sides. You know, we we are we are all of that. But um, if if somebody's not going to stay connected to their ability to trust themselves, boy, that can lead to a lot of decisions that are regretted later. But I do want to say, if we've got listeners out here going, "Yep, that was me," it is. Never too late. It's so never too late to just really reignite your passion with your intuition and and live that authentic self. There may be some some relearning of behaviors and really rediscovering yourself, which is exciting. It might be painful too, but it, just know it's never too late, and you have my support. Well, and you you practice from a standpoint, and you also really try to educate people from a standpoint of holistic therapies. Mm-hmm. So how do holistic therapies support the intuitive empathic body? Well, they, you know, it's so interesting. What I've noticed, Simran, is that many times, not all the time, but many times um, this having these abilities tends to go along with having a pretty sensitive body type as well. And um, so when you've got a sensitive body type, there can be the need for for some unique ways of taking care of it. So some of the holistic therapies might, that might help is if, um, if the child is having uh, difficulty around being too open. Boy, I just learned of 
of a naturopath in my area who's, who has a, a homeopathic remedy that's kind of helpful in energetically tightening up the, ba- the, the energy boundary for the child. I found that just fascinating. I have an interview also with an acupuncturist who knows how to work with Chinese medicine to help kids not be quite as as open and there's this whole connection between um, what happens in terms of of um, assimilation with food and what you're taking in at a physical level that I find a fascinating parallel with energetically and psychologically too. So these holistic therapy, holistic body therapies can be really lovely adjuncts for for kids in terms of getting their bodies a little extra support in in our toxic world because um, I do see a lot of kids really struggling with that and uh, I, I hear from many parents um, I am looking here for extra with support. Catherine Crawford the author of The Highly Intuitive Child and it covers a wealth of topics including how to easily identify the intuitive child how life is different for them the 10 skills to learn before leaving home and the connections between neuroscience and empathy what other cultures can teach us about supporting intuitive children. There are many success stories and just so much packed in this wonderful book. I hope you'll join me in just a few minutes and we'll learn a little bit more. Be Extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Are you looking for Life's Balance? Look no further than 7th Wave Network. We're bringing you Life's Balance with Shaman M. Let Melody McBride take you on a unique listening experience. You'll explore the world of alternative health. Learn about the many facets of healing. Preventative lifestyles from children to seniors will be discussed on the show. Listen for Life's Balance with Shaman M. Broadcast live every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. It's the healthy side of life. Let peace and balance be yours. And the results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgical After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening.
listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Catherine Cox Crawford from the Center for Life Passage, author of The Highly Intuitive Child, has counseled and supported many children and adults in finding out more about intuition and empathy. And we have her on 1111 Talk Radio today discussing her book, which is just packed with information. She will be at the East West Bookstore on June the 30th at 7.30 if you'd like to stop by and... Um, have a book signed by her and also discuss any of the topics that are in her book. We were discussing, Catherine, about holistic therapies and and how a lot of these therapies can be used on children. And I was thinking as you were talking that there were so many children in the past years that I heard of that were put on Ritalin and different types of medications. Mm -hmm. And I just wonder, you know, so many of those kids may have just been intuitive and empathic kids Mm -hmm. and they were put on medications. And there are so many alternatives rather than the drugs. There are holistic therapies and you also go into things like diet and exercise and sleep and hygiene and all these different things that can support children in more natural ways. Yes, yes. You know, I think it's so important to look at the whole view of the child instead of just the one part. And, you know, uh, you brought up ADD, and um, if we were to just isolate out that the child is having di- having distractibility and can't stay focused, and that that one symptom was being treated without looking at the gestalt of who that child is, we might miss one important feature. If they were an intuitive child, they could still have a neurotransmitter disbalance associated with ADD. However, if they're just having difficulty because they keep tuning into Mike across the classroom who they can tell is having a really hard day or they're thinking about the conflict that they could sense between their parents and they're wondering, gosh, how can I help mom and dad? Or maybe they're tuning into something else. That's a child who's feeling distractible. And and that is something that he needs some help with his his intuitive empathy you know, more than neurotransmitters. So it's important to just, you know, keep our minds open about, you know, what's the cause? What's going on for the child? How are we giving them the, the most foundational support, you know, whether it be, you know, in, in their diet or helping them to eat clean or making sure that they're getting enough rest, making sure they're they're able to let go of the stress at the end of the day so they actually can rest. This can be a tricky area for many um, empathic kids. Well, and is that then you have a section in the book where you talk about how intuitive children overuse their gifts to take care of others. So is that one of the ways, like if they're sitting in a classroom and they're sensing another child is in fear or having a hard time or they've, you know, ridden ridden to school in the car with two parents and the parents may have been feeling uh, at, at odds with each other but haven't really said it, um, yeah. Is that when their their gifts start to become overused. Well, yeah, you know, and and it's a fine line, I think, because the child can really enjoy being able to share that with others. But if they're being fatigued by it, then that's really a red flag for parents. And one of the things that I think is is really important to look for in the parent relationship 
is if you've got a child who is just so perceptive and is able to just provide that, you know, the one thing that you really need or, you know, is trying to pat, always pat, be the peacemaker in the family, just make sure that the child's not overusing that ability, that they, that they, that they know that they still have the right to walk away from conflict, you know. Well, you know, I'm seeing a conflict, but it's not mine. If they can know that they can walk away and go busy themselves in a game or go outside and have some fun, that it's not their job to heal and fix all the time. And, you know, it could be so compelling for a child who is so tuned into others, it's going to feel, it feels pretty bad to them often to be around um, heavy negative vibes, you know, whatever the cause is. So if they learn that they can help everybody feel better if they provide some healing and solution there, um, and then they they physically feel better as a feedback loop, that is is quite a uh, it's quite reinforcing. And I'm not saying that that's all bad, but I do notice in in the adults that I work with that if they don't know that they have the choice that they could just walk away from it instead of, you know, um, providing the healing. Uh, they may be doing work later on in life um, to learn that they do have the choice. So that's an important thing to really help kids not overuse that ability. Well, and I think it brings forward a conscious call for parents that we have to be conscious parents. You wrote in the book that if there were just one thing that people took from this book, that it would be for parents to parent from the heart. Yes. What does that mean for someone that doesn't understand that? Boy, you know, we deal with so much as parents. I'm a mom, so I'm right in there with with the the rest of the parent gang here. And um, when we're able to drop into that place of being heart-centered, you know, what would love say right here? What if I can get out of my head long enough to get down into the space of my heart and just, you know connect heart to heart with my child, then that often will connect me with my own intuition too and bring about maybe a way of being able to to speak with my child or provide um, support that I might not have seen if I was just in my head or, or being occupied by stress. You know, in order to really parent from the heart, I think it summons us to that place of, just even the question of, am I even really being present? Am I really connecting with my child? Or am I just moving through the tasks because I have to and there's so many of them? And for a parent that says, I don't know how to connect to my heart, because there are a lot of people out there in pain. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of individuals that are wearing those masks and, and many hearts are closed. Uh, many people are in their head. Mm-hmm. So are there certain things that they can do to, to open that heart so that they can connect to those children? Well, there's, I, I think it really starts with taking very good care of ourselves, you know, and if, you're, if your heart is feeling really closed down from the pains of life and, and this has been something that's been carried for a long time, perhaps um, getting some counseling or, you know, some other kind of support or, or being with really nurturing friends who, who love you and see you are going to provide the support so that some of the armory can come down um, and practicing clear communication um, with your spouse and with your child, those are all ways that we can connect with the heart. You know, even just taking a deep breath and putting our hand over the heart can be or right there, 
just right, you know, connecting to your skin right there where your heart is lying below can be the reminder to really get present in that moment. Most definitely, and 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 eliciting or enlisting those ten skills that you have at the beginning of your book could could very much help an individual. You also talk about seven ways to squeeze out the energy sponge, and. That, to me, again, was very important because we do live in a society sometimes where we're told we can't express ourselves or we we don't allow sometimes that anger or those emotions to come out in a way that they need to come out. Mm -hmm. You you list some ways that allow a child to to get rid of some of that excess energy or angst that they might be feeling in their bodies. Mm -hmm. Talk about some of those. Sure. Well, one of them is is just to bang on clay and poke at some clay um, with the weather being good right now, you know, get, getting outside and providing kids with some clay, not too wet of clay. I think, you know, like modeling clay can be really good. Give them some um, popsicle sticks maybe that they can bang into that so so that nobody's going to get injured. Um, but, you know, kids, kids do get angry when they see the world you know, or when they see adults making poor choices too, especially if they're wise old souls, and um, if they're if they're getting that stuff trapped in their body, that's that can be really toxic to them. So, giving them ways to be able to, yes, like you say, squeeze out that energy sponge, get the anger moving, let it come out, let them know that there's nothing wrong with being angry. We just need to find safe ways to be able to express it that don't hurt each other or yourself. That's such an important message to seed for kids. And so again, you know, use it you know, when you're thinking art, go go to clay if they're if they're working with the anger. Or, you know, bang on some pillows or even just yelling into a pillow can be a great redirection of that too. Um, I'm a big fan of using sea salt. Um some kids might be open to this as they get older. They might think it's kind of silly, but you just run sea salt over the hands, um, and this is a great neutralizer of of emotion that's that has been picked up on as well. So, you know, just paying attention to what does your child need. If they if it looks like they need to move it, let them move it and help them find a safe way to get that out. Well, and for for listeners that have not gotten out and gotten the book yet, you actually also list which of those types of activities are good for expressing anger and which ones are good for expressing sadness. And I think that's very important to know sometimes what to do. I think there are a lot of uh, parents, young and old, that sometimes don't know how to handle a tantrum or don't know how to handle a situation that's come up. And sometimes it could result in our own frustration, and that response is really not going to help anything. So by right. having a guide that actually tells you what, what you can do, it's it's a very, very powerful tool. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah, I wanted – I know we're all so busy as parents, so it's important for books to be really clear, and I was thinking, oh, that's kind of like a little cheat sheet there. It's like, okay, we got sadness. How do we support sadness? Anger, what do we do there? That's yeah. right. I mean, we, it's, it would be nice if we we're all born with our own manual and or set of cliff notes, but we're not. So the the uh, the book, the highly intuitive child, definitely is as close to a set of a cliff notes or a manual as we can get. Uh, I I do believe. We are talking today with Catherine Crawford, the author of the highly intuitive child. Life is very different for intuitive, empathic children, and you can find out about the 10 skills they need to learn before leaving home. You can discover resources and support available for parents and family. This book offers practical advice on helping empathic children recognize their gifts and thrive. And in addition, it may help you open up 
your heart and tap into some of your own intuitive and empathic gifts. Join me in just a few minutes and we'll talk a little bit more with Katherine Crawford. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Catherine Crawford, author of The Highly Intuitive Child, can also be reached at the Center for Life Passage, lifepassage.com. They have various programs and services ranging from psychotherapy to Vision Quest Wilderness Packages to retreats and workshops, very, very much geared toward individuals and highly intuitive children. I would like to talk a little bit about uh, fear and Mm -hmm. intuition and what the difference is between those two things. Yes, you know, because many people will will confuse these. And I've noticed this, you know, so many questions coming up um, with adults and then also with parents when you're trying to figure out, gosh, is my child um, talking about an intuition or just talking about a fear? 
So here are some of the ways that a parent might be able to notice this, both in themselves and then also in their children. And these these things are just kind of some, uh, this is a gauge, and it's going to be probably different for your own child, too. So being able to figure out what their, what their cliff notes are is important. But what I've noticed is when we're in fear, we're pulled out usually out into the future where worry lives. It's like a rumination, uh, what if, or maybe out in, back into the past. Well, it happened like this. It's mental. Now, when an intuition comes through, for example, one that that says, pay attention, there's some danger, and I, I have a story that I talk about in my book where I unpack this in greater depth, but what comes out of that is that it's important to pay attention when you have a clear signal that comes out seemingly from nowhere um, that says, pay attention, it's very present-centered, and it might make your body feel different, too. So if you have an intuitive child, if your child is saying, they're just going along playing, and then all of a sudden they say, Mom, I'm feeling really creepy or weird, and you know what? Here's, here's what I'm thinking. That sounds to me more like it's probably intuition, and that's very different than, Mom, I've got a monster under my bed, or come check the closet. You know, those ruminations, more of the kind of, imaginary ruminations that can be fear-directed, very different than when an intuition is coming through. And, of course, the other, this would be more for danger, but our other intuitions that say yes in life, you know, they often make us feel really peaceful and centered and um, happy, um, and they kind of beckon us towards this, hmm, that's a yes. Well, I would think also uh, a child's spirituality and connecting to spiritual life would allow intuition to become stronger and fear to become less. Mm, yes, because hopefully within that spirituality, they're going to feel a safety, a safety for themselves and a safety in the world and a safety in these bigger places and maybe a framework to be able to... Um, to make some sense of some of these bigger questions that they might be uh, pondering or wrestling with. Um, Many kids, many intuitive children have lots of questions about death. What's the meaning of life and death? Um, And, you know, really ruminating on it in ways that we might expect more in an adult mind. Um, So for these kids, it can be very helpful to have a spirituality, you know, and I'm, I'm, drawing the distinction, too, between religion and spirituality. It's so personal for parents, but but just offering the space for them uh, to be able to explore that with you. Right, because you, you very clearly state in the book that, that you're talking about spirituality uh, in the sense of being the intrinsic, innate experience of the child, not associated with methodology or practice or religious or belief system. This is really connecting the child to themselves. Yes, Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very, very nice. Another part of the book that I really enjoyed, which I think adults battle with, I know I do from time to time, um, it's it's the whole concept of time. Yes. And you talk about intuitive time versus linear time and the imp- impact it has on intuitive children. Yes, yes. And so many of us, you know, we're, we're racing around between jobs and feeding our families and extracurriculars and our and our kids are zipping through curriculum in in many um, school settings, certainly in the public school settings across the country. And 
for many children, this doesn't afford them the, the space to just have very unstructured, quiet, big, juicy pauses of time where they can really just kind of get lost in their own intuitions. You know, this is kind of part of being an intuitive kid is that they might need some time to just really kind of follow where their intuition brings them. Imagine if if Einstein was always pressured, you know, come on, let's go here, let's go to the next place. If he didn't have time out, maybe we wouldn't have had the theory of relativity at a certain, you know, at a particular time. He <laughs> needed his space to be able to kind of ponder where, did his, where was his intuition leading him. So when your child is taking time out in the backyard for a couple of hours, boy, what a gift. What a great thing to have some unstructured time to just, you know, really go into that, that juicy pause time. Well, and I think that, that when we look really back at, at our cultures in older times and we really tap back into the indigenous people's way of doing things, which we can really learn a lot from, we, we tend to go a little too fast now, they knew some of these things. They had a bit of wisdom that in our modern-day society we could actually benefit by. Absolutely, and that's why I did my my interviews of the Mayan and the Hawaiian and the the Greenland um, indigenous cultures, and included that in the book because I I just knew we we weren't recreate we aren't recreating the wheel here, but we need to get back to some roots of how how these wise elders can teach us about how to really connect with earth time and a slower time where we can connect with our wisdom and give our children the the time and space to connect with theirs and to be able to provide them the kind of support that they need, all those things. It was just magnificently in place in so many indigenous cultures. So it's really very fun to hear what they've got to say and and to provide us some suggestions of what we can do and hopefully put it put someone into practice in our modern day. And there are just so many inspiring stories of intuitive children throughout the book and different insights and lots of different questions and teaching skills that you will find in The Highly Intuitive Child, authored by Catherine Crawford. Catherine, I just want to invite you to share any last piece of wisdom with our listeners that you would like them to have, and really thank you for bringing this book forward and bringing so much of your wisdom and experience forward because it is touching lives in amazing ways. Oh, thank you so much, Simran. This is just my passion, and I, I feel such support for, um, for intuition as a whole out there and for our children, for all children, and for those intuitive adults that are experiencing healing these days. And I think my, my last word that I just want to put out there is just um, one of there's nothing to fear with these abilities, and they are fabulous and they are not to be missed gifts that are wonderful to keep alive in our kids. And I hope that more and more will will grow to be a supportive tribe around these abilities in, in one another. Wonderful, wonderful. And they can get your book through Amazon? Through, through Amazon. They can find it on my website as well. And it's at um, the independent bookstores and Borders and Barnes & Noble. 
Wonderful. We have had Catherine Crawford, author of The Highly Intuitive Child, with us today. You can connect with her at lifepassage.com. She's a registered art therapist and marriage and family therapist. Next week, we will have Arielle Ford, who has helped launch the careers of Deepak Chopra, Neil Donald Walsh, and Jack Canfield. She reveals how to use the law of attraction to bring love into your life, and she does that through a book, The Soulmate Secret. I hope you will join me next week, and we will talk a little bit with Arielle Ford. Thanks so much, and talk to you next week. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice with 1111 Top Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.